My daddy may now make an announcement. You are listening to the Bitterest Pilgrim. Welcome to the Bitterest Pill. It's Dan Class. I'm in my garage uh, under the flight path of Los Angeles International Sci Airport. Um, greetings. It's March something, 2019. What is it? The 27th? Holy gosh. Oh, I should talk about that too. I just thought of something. So, so this is what we're doing. I know I sound very upbeat. Uh, that's from years of acting. I don't. No offense, okay? Please don't take offense at what I'm about to say, but I have absolutely no desire to record a podcast right now. But I'm going to try to pretend like not only do I want to, but I'm happy to, and I have plenty to talk about. Now, the truth is I have nothing to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to try to kind of babble on and on for maybe at least a half an hour before I drive back to Orange County, but we're going to see how that goes. So where's my, so I have a list here and I got to write something because I, th- I forgot about that. Okay. We're going to talk about that too. So I do want to say that as I'm recording this, I'm streaming live on uh, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, thing, whatever that is, right? And I'm, I've been joined by David Randall and Jeff Short and Glenn Weber and thank you gents and, uh, yeah, you've you've peer pressured me into actually doing this, which I guess is the, was the whole point of starting the the thing, right? So here's this. So so one thing I will say. So I reacted, and then I wrote something down when I said what date it was, because it's March twenty seventh. Isn't that what I said? Yeah. Okay. Now again, um, in th- this is the level of denial I'm about to say in theory. In theory. In May, I'm supposed to test for my black belt in karate do, domo origato. Now, you would think, now I've known this since, I don't even remember, January, November, something like that. Let's say January, even though it's probably November. But if I say January, it'll make me sound like less of an ass. So let's say I've known since January that I was going to have to do a black belt exam uh, in May, okay? So you would think a normal person, right, knowing this information and knowing that they're 15 to 20 pounds overweight and knowing that their cardio is just not where it would need to be to endure that kind of thing, because it's strenuous, my friend. Listen, I I will tell you forever that I'm no good at karate, but but it's going to be tough. Basically, I think he's what, – what happens is I think the, the master pushes you until you're about to cry no matter what. So what I really should have been doing since January is preparing my body, treating it like a temple slash military piece of apparatus and conditioning and strengthening my physique, Building myself into someone that deserves to take that test, someone that deserves to survive the test, someone to deserve a black belt in karate do. A normal person, I said. 
Isn't that what I said? Something like that, a normal person would do that? Not not yours truly, not your humble narrator. No, 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 no. Let's not get confused. What I've been doing is uh, stressing out about the fact that I only have until May. And I've successfully stressed out about that and done very little exercising between January 1st and apparently March 27th. Now, I thought that I was doing great because I, I rode my wife's elliptical, I think two or maybe even three times a month ago. And it's so bad that I was in class a couple of weekends ago and the master saw how much I was huffing and puffing and almost dying from not being able to keep up. And he said, Dan, he said this in a very heavy Japanese accent, which I will not create for you now. But he said, basically, Dan, you must run 10 minutes every day. And I said, us. And he said, every day, 10 minutes. You know how many? Zero. Because I don't want to run. Because my there's something. Listen, if you're. I know that there's potentially psychiatrists listening to this right now. You have to explain to me what this is. And I found an article. Oh, shoot, I should have read that article. Because it was this article that basically was like, procrastination is not a problem of... Uh, Time management, it's a, uh, you know, it's your brain. So there's something in my brain when I have that kind of something coming up that short circuits and I literally can't. And it's beyond, it's not laziness. It's, I don't know what. It's as if someone has built a wall or put in a cast iron suit on me or something. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird and it's kind of scary. Because really, in a way, you know, it's all how you frame it, right? In a way, all I have to do is carve out a little time each day to run, do a bunch of push-ups, do a bunch of sit-ups, right? Practice my karate moves, my, my very badass, totally macho karate moves. You should see me in my uniform. I'm such a geek. Whenever you see a movie and they're making fun of people that study martial arts and there's like a bald guy who's small and has a belly, that's me. That's me. I am the guy. I am the comic relief. In the movie that is our lives, I am that guy that they cut to as an example of kind of a loser that's into martial arts. Okay, I, listen, I said it. So I, I guess what I'm hoping is that by talking about this with you right now, confessing to you my sins, that I can then break the habit, break whatever this wall is, this iron suit. I don't know what's happening. Now, I don't know when I'm going to do this exercising. When I'd like to do it is during all the time I spend driving around up and down the coast of California in my car. But I, I can't figure out how to drive and do sit-ups at the same time. I can't do it. So now I have what? April? And however much of May. See, I don't know exactly what day. Hopefully it's not early May. Hopefully it's the last moment of May. 11.50 p.m. May whatever. 30th or 31st. Whatever it is. Uh, I don't think it's going to be. 
Now, if I'm lucky, it'll be the same weekend that my niece is getting married and I'm going to that wedding. And then I can tell the master that I can't. And then maybe we can push the whole thing off till September. I don't know. Is that, is, is that wrong for me to wish for that? When, when the first part of our big do, uh, macho dojo creed is to we promise to make a strong body. And here I am trying to push off my push-ups until September. So we haven't talked in a while, I think. Now, I've been producing and, and co-hosting this sports podcast, and so sometimes I get confused about what we haven't what we haven't talked about. Not that I say much on the sports company. Can you imagine how much I contribute to a sports? Nothing, okay? Nothing is contributed by me on a sports podcast. But uh, the one thing that we totally haven't talked about is Operation Varsity Blues, where Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin, and I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name because I don't go around talking about her, who would go around talking about until now? Lori Laughlin, lovely lady. Uh, not a Full House fan. But, they, you know, I mean, this is old news by now. I just can't believe it. And, and it felt so close to home because Lori Laughlin's daughters, plural, go slash used to go to the University of Southern California, the institution uh, whereby in so to with my son uh, is being educated right now. But I guess what they did is spent the Lof, you know, the Laughlin uh, Massimo family spent something like a half a million dollars getting fake sports resumes put together. I would have done it for half that. Are you kidding? Photoshopping your kid's face onto a crew member right you cut out of a magazine or something. That that's easy peasy. That is not a half a million dollar job. I am sorry. But I've seen a couple of Olivia Jade's uh, videos and got to tell you, not a Mensa member. If they really wanted her to get into USC, I think they actually might have taken the easiest route. See, I my my initial reaction was that they should have just paid for tutors. No, no, no. You know what? They honestly, the Photoshop bribing route was maybe the only option. If they were that dead set on getting her in. No, the the girl is is. Listen, God bless her. She she was you know. She was blessed with visual, visual uh, accuracy. What's the word? You know what I mean. She's she's aesthetically pleasing to the eye. As long as as long as you can't hear her speak or see her move, she's quite lovely. For me, as soon as she opens her mouth, she's just, just like a stupid child. But but in in a still photo, next quite lovely as is her her sister. Please, Lord, don't don't let them go back to USC, please. So it cost the Laughlins, I think it was a half a million dollars to get uh, Olivia Jade into USC because, you know, she, all she wanted to do was go and party and vlog. The funny, th not funny, the the like uh, of it is, ha ha ha, they spent half a million dollars to get her in. Now, now that's done. But, you know, this kid from her Instagram influencer lifestyle, whatever the hell she's doing. I keep saying that she's a moron. Hey, you know what? This young woman is worth, or was worth, half a million dollars herself. Olivia Jade, not her mother. 
Olivia Jade, her net worth is reportedly half a million dollars. Not bad for 19 years old. Who never apparently attended high school or college or anything, just kind of went to, uh, you know, parties. And I'm sure you caught the Dr. Dre kerfuffle. Dr. Dre went on Instagram or Twitter or something bragging that his daughter got in the old-fashioned way. And kind of momentarily forgetting that he had donated uh, about $70 million to the school several years ago to build the Dr. Dre School of Disruption. The Dr. Dre, I mean, it really is like the Dr. Dre in, in uh, what's that guy's name? Jimmy Iovine School of Wacky Disruption Hip Hop Stuff. I don't know what it is. All I know is <laughs> he, he retracted that tweet because, yeah. But that is the old-fashioned way. Listen, that that is the way it's done. If you really, really, really are rich and you really, really want your kid to go to a specific school, that's how it's done. You give them lots of money. They build a building, and then your kid puts in an application. They're like, right this way. Which Lori Laughlin should have just done. There should be the Massimo and Lori Laughlin School of Influencing. And they teach vlogging or jacket design or full house acting. Really bad sitcom acting would be, would be perfect. But no. They had to cheat. No one likes a cheater, cheaters. And now they've lost, they've lost all their, their vlogging money and their uh, Hallmark Channel <laughs> Christmas special money. <laughs> and I don't think anybody's bought a Massimo jacket since 1995. So, I, I, you know, that... that train might have already been derailed. I have no idea. But yeah, 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 nice. Nice, nice, nice. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, this is a weird phenomenon that I had noticed recently. And I'm sure it's it's indicative either of some sort of midlife, uh, uh, not crisis, but you know what I mean. It, it, it's indicative of something. So here's here's the paradox, and I want uh, you. I don't want to know if you've ever experienced this. I spend a lot of time alone, and when I'm not alone, I'm with very few people. And when I'm with these very few people, whether it's at work, at the office, or it's at home. We don't interact that much. Okay? But I, so this, this got me thinking about feeling lonely, which I realized that I often feel lonely. Now, I, I do have a lot of social anxiety, so I don't exactly seek out large groups of people to hang out with and introduce myself to everybody. I can't do, I can't do that, okay? But, um, I, so here's the paradox. I noticed that I feel less alone when I am actually alone than I do when I'm with other people and we're just not interacting. So I spent the day today at the house by myself. And I didn't really feel that alone because I was very busy. I had things to do. 
And I thought about other people when I'm with my wife and my daughter and they're just going about their business, ignoring me. I am so painfully lonely that it's crazy. And I'm not sure that that's healthy. I'm not sure that that's good, that you're more lonely when you're with people than when you're not with people. And maybe it's these exact people. But, but the difference is during the day, my daughter goes to school. She's around thousands of people. And my wife goes to work where she's around hundreds of people. And, and on the days that I go to work, which wasn't today, but like tomorrow I'll go to work and I'll be around three people. And so it doesn't have the same impact as being around hundreds or thousands of people. And then I go home and I'm with fewer people. And it's not really a break like they're getting from being around a lot of people. It's just sort of like, hey, I guess we're just going to sit here and eat and then fall asleep one by one. Oh, this is fantastic. And my wife and I are definitely in a, in a place in our uh, relationship where I'm not sure we have a relationship other than we have, uh, like, legal obligations that we share. You know what I mean? Because our daughter is still a minor, so legally we are her custodians. We have the responsibility of making sure she's fed and clothed and educated. But you know how if you live with someone... Uh, like if you're living with someone, but you're not married, but then you do that for too long, you get a common, you're, they call it common law marriage. My wife and I might be in a common law divorce. And I got to look into that to see if that's a thing, because if it is a thing, I might want to start dating. But you ever, I mean, I maybe all couples go through this. Listen, my wife and I have been a couple and I say this with no exaggeration, since 1985. So, obviously, the honeymoon is over. I, I totally get that. But do all couples get to a point where eventually you're really, like, one of them is really not sure if the other one would give a shit if they started seeing someone else? And I'm not saying that I, I'm going to start seeing someone else. I'm just saying I'm not sure my wife would care. And I'm not saying that she would give me permission. I'm just saying I'm not sure she'd give a crap. And that's kind of a weird position to be in. Now, a friend of mine has been uh, dating. He's a single guy and he's been, well, I shouldn't even say he's been dating. I don't know if he's been dating as much as he's been trying to be dating. And he's been on, you know, Tinder and uh, Bumble and uh, one other. Grinder? No. Grinder's for boys, right? Yeah, I don't think it's Grinder. <laughs> I'm not up on all that. Uh, uh, all that. But, but it's, it's I, for some reason, and I think it's because I feel like <laughs> separated from the wife that I live with, um, I, I, be, I did become fascinated by all the dating apps and whatnot. So I was I was really kind of like hammering him a couple of weeks ago with questions about how it all works. And you're apparently there's a lot of swiping going on and you put in, you know, your your likes and dislikes and your this and your that. I became really fascinated by it. And then I read somewhere that Bumble, one of the apps, 
had started uh, a new part of it that was not for dating. Actually, two parts of it. So the so the part that I had heard about before was like Tinder where it's for dating, where you meet people of whatever sex you're looking for or not or whatever, and swipe, swipe, right? So, what, so in my news feed, there was this article about how Bumble, and maybe they all do this and I just don't realize it, but Bumble had started Bumble-like friendship and Bumble networking or business or right? I forget what they call it. But but it's for – so one was for just meeting just people, just like, hey, I'm new to town and I don't know anybody that's into goblins and I'm really totally into goblins and I want to meet some goblin people. You just – you go on Bumble and look for goblin people. Or if you want to network, you go and you would set up a profile and you'd say, yeah, I'm looking to – help people out or be helped in this field of inquiry. I'm into aviation or I'm into candy making or whatever. Well, every once in a while, I have the energy and the mental fortitude to decide that I need to start networking. But like I said before, because I don't seek out actual face-to-face social interaction enough, I often turn to social media. So I figured I'm going to check out Bumble for networking and see how this goes. Because, you know, I go on LinkedIn every once in a while and I've met a few people uh, on LinkedIn and I always forget to follow up on that. Okay, I'm, ugh, that's bad. I just remembered something. Oh, well. So I thought, listen, this might be a thing where people are, you know, it's kind of new. Everybody's always talking about dating apps. Apparently a lot of people are on dating apps. This would be perfect. I can kind of network. A lot of my podcasting, like uh, teaching me how to podcast clients have been female. Apparently Bumble is kind of female heavy. So I thought this would be great. So I I download the app and I, uh, you know, set up an account and I log in and I'm like, yep, I want to do Bumble uh, networking and here's my picture and uh, my my name's Dan and I'm podcasting and, uh, you know, you put in a little bit of bio in there and where you live and your, uh, you know, basically your stats. You tell it you're there for networking and you blah, 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 and then you go. And then theoretically, and what it is, it's, it's for actually meeting people in real life, which I thought, okay, that, this is good. This is going to kind of push me out of my comfort zone. Maybe I'll meet some potential clients, mentees, whatever, in the podcasting world. But here in Los Angeles, you know, maybe they'll want to use the, the studio. Maybe they'll want to come over here to Studio G and hang around and make a pie. I have no idea. So I'm swiping. uh, And I don't know if I'm swiping left or right because it's very confusing to me. Because to to me, I think what, what, what the app was calling swiping right was, to me, swiping left. Because I think they... And if you know these apps better than I do, will you please explain it to me? Because people will say, hey, swipe this way if you want that thing or whatever, right? So, But, but I think they, they call – they say swipe right, meaning swipe from the right, which to me is swiping left because you're swiping toward the left. Does that make sense? Which one makes sense? So I don't know. All I know is I finally figure out, okay, great. If you swipe toward, I'm going to call it toward the left, that's like, I don't think we need to connect. 
And if you swipe to the right, that's, yeah, we should connect. You know, maybe maybe one of us can help the other one or whatever. So I'm, I'm flipping through the thing and, and you can tell when something's too new. You know what I mean? Like there's just not enough people there. It's like you're walking around a brand new mall, but they haven't really unlocked the, the door. You know what I mean? So so I'm kind of flipping through and seeing a few people, but I don't seem to actually be connecting. How do I put this? I don't seem to be matched with them through any kind of algorithm that's looking for people that are into podcasting necessarily or any of the little buzzwords that I put in my profile. They just seem to be kind of random people generally in the area that uh, had a picture, I guess. I mean, I don't, right? So my brilliant idea very quickly uh, reveals itself to be a stupid idea, like a really stupid idea. So, of course, I get curious about the dating app. Now, I'll, I'll admit, sometimes I'm feeling kind of down on myself. Uh, maybe, right? I wanted to check out the competition. I wanted to see uh, how the whole thing works. I'd been talking about it so much with my friend. But I was very nervous about it because I, I felt like I was doing something that I shouldn't be doing. Even though, really, this is just an archaeological dig. I want to see like I right it comes up all the time and I don't know so I I backtrack a little bit and I find the little switch in the app that switches you over to the dating area and I'm just going to look for a couple of minutes and then I'm going to log out because I feel like I'm doing something wrong my heart is racing I'm not doing anything wrong I'm not <laughs> right? Like, I'm not looking for a date, man. But I, I I feel like I'm going somewhere where things are going to be revealed to me that I have no business knowing. Like, I shouldn't know that you're looking for a date because I'm not looking for a date. I'm just, I'm just spying on you guys looking for dates. So I felt, I have to admit, a little guilty about that. But I wanted to see what kind of uggos and psychopaths would be on Bumble. I admit it, okay? So I, so I figure it out. I back up. I flip the switch to dating mode. And I'm a nervous wreck because I feel like they're going to, you know, like, I don't know what. They're going to call my wife right away. Like, hey, you know, your husband is on the thing. So what happens is that, you know, it, it had asked me, uh, you know, if I was interested in men or women, obviously I put women, I don't give a crap about guys. No offense, guys. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't find guys that interesting. Certainly not in pictures. Like, I, right? Who cares? So I say, well, yeah, of course, I want to see pictures of women. I mean, this is archaeological dig, but I'm, you know, I am not asexual. So what it does is, yeah, it shows you a picture of a person and their age and generally what is it, like where they live or what they do or I think it's like what they do or where they went to school or something. I don't know. Their name, did I say their name? And blah, blah, blah. So now I'm expecting 
I don't know what I'm expecting. I, I really like I have no expectation whatsoever. And I'm but I'm not joking when I say this. The first woman that I see, I recognize as being a movie star. Now, I'm not joking. Now, this is right now. It knows where I am. So it's obviously only showing me people in Los Angeles. Right. But I swear to God, the first person I see now, she's 73 years old. I don't know why it's showing me 73-year-old women. I'm not 73. I don't know what weird lever I pushed that said, hey, yeah, sure, show me 73-year-old women. But this this absolutely, without question, is a movie star that I recognize from a major science fiction movie that you have seen many times. So I'm like, what is going on? So I look at the person's name, and I'm like, yep, that's her. So I figure, so if you swipe what I will call up, from the bottom up, it may or may not reveal more pictures. And I'm like, holy cow, this is so-and-so from this awesome, like, why, why on God's green earth is this woman on Bumble looking for dates? Can't she just walk out her door and go anywhere and just get dates and she's 73 but i bet she could probably get a date with a guy my age absolutely but what is she like what is happening so i so i swipe and i gotta say like uh it's weird to see people kind of being that uh like it must take bravery to say yeah, I'm looking for something. You know what I mean? So I'm swiping around. So I'm, now I'm fascinated with like, I'm in LA. Who else on here am I going to recognize? <laughs> and I am not joking. I saw another. So so this woman, I, and I'm just kind of frantically swiping whatever toward the left. You know, because now I'm just looking for celebrities. And one thing I noticed that there are a lot of women on there that look like celebrities. Trust me. Like, I don't know how, what what state of mind a guy has to be in to approach one of these women that look like they have perfected makeup to some sort of, I won't even say art form because it's not even art. It's like scientifically, I don't understand it. They've somehow dissected what looks right. I think it's maybe it's just this post Kardashian thing. I don't know, but everybody on there looks like a celebrity. So you got to really stare. So I'm flip, 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 flip. And I see, I swear to you, another woman that I recognize as having been, now she, this was in the 90s, uh, like a model slash actor. I think she might have been a starship captain. At one, I, I'm not joking. Come to Los Angeles or, or just next time you're flying somewhere, have a layover in Los Angeles, download Bumble and go through there and you might see the first woman I saw who's 73 from the big sci-fi movie, the model that may or may not have been uh, a, uh, what do you call it, starship captain, a Playboy playmate from 1993, one of my old acting teachers, all right, that you won't recognize her, but it was weird to see your acting teacher on there. So now I'm, so now I'm like kind of getting a little freaked out, Okay. 
So I back out. I'm going to log out. And then I'm like, no, you know what? This is an archaeological dig, right? This is research. And basically, I have to do weird stuff every once in a while because I need something to talk about on the podcast. I can't talk about my kids anymore because they're not little kids. They don't do weird little kid things. I'm not taking them to the mall all the time. So there's no, right, what am I going to talk about? So I got to do these archaeological digs. So sue me. It's not like I'm on the dark web looking at snuff films or something, right? I'm right. So, so I want to check out, I want to see what, basically I want to see how do guys present themselves? I've seen that women, women, they look, now not all women, but there is definitely this genre of young woman that they all just look like supermodels. And I assume that they're on Bumble just in case what a millionaire is looking for a date on Bumble. I mean, I guess that's how it works, right? I have, I have no idea. Listen, I go home every night and I argue with my wife about dinner and we eat and we watch Frasier with my daughter and then my wife falls asleep and then I want to fall asleep and then my daughter will fall asleep. So before I log out and delete my Bumble, though, I really do want to see how, by comparison, the guys present themselves. So I, I flip the switch and I do the thing or whatever so I can see guys. So I'm flipping through the guys now. Now I don't recognize any of the guys at all. But I will say I was I was very shocked very early on. The first couple guys I saw uh, were in really good shape, which is not surprising. It's Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, guys in Los Angeles, they're going to they're going to be very uh, put together and well groomed. Their, their clothes are going to look good, whatever. Sure, this guy's got no shirt on. He's coming out of a pool. This guy looks particularly, you know, like super macho. And then it dawns on me that I have flipped the switch not. <laughs> I flipped the switch not to see the guys that are looking for women. I've switched it over as if I, as a man, am looking for men. So I unknowingly am assuming that all these guys are heterosexual guys that are in really great shape and dress really well and are being very honest about their needs. And no, these are gay guys, Dan. These guys, you didn't tell it that you're a woman looking for straight men. You just said you're looking for men and this is who you would be looking for, Dan. And so I panic because I'm nervous enough being on the app because we're, and I, I, so I get it in my head that I want to go back to where I had been when I flipped the switch over to see guys. And so I swipe right toward the right. And basically, I'm pretty sure I asked a guy out. I don't know what guy. I don't know what he, I don't even know if he's my type. I'm just pretty sure that I asked a guy on a date. I think. And he hasn't even called me. I don't know. Maybe we weren't a match. I, I have no idea. It's very disheartening. You know? I mean, I, I thought I uploaded a good picture. Maybe I wasn't open enough about, uh, you know, my enjoyments, my hobbies or whatever. I'm just feeling a little rejected. Maybe, you know, maybe that should be my incentive to, um, you know, working out wise. Basically, because my dream would be to be in such good shape to be so handsome and so well-dressed that everyone assumes I'm gay. 
Now, right now, the only people that assume I'm gay are really super macho guys or guys that didn't go to college. They already they assume I'm gay, but they don't even know gay people like I want people that know gay people. And that don't right that are perfectly cool with gay people. I want to be so handsome that they think I'm gay. Now, that is a goal. That is a fitness, uh, a, a, a sartorial goal. Is sar- what does sartorial even mean? Does that mean clothes or is that your haircut? I forget. It has something to do with looking good, though, right? Needless to say, I, I yeah, I, I had to bumble again since I asked a guy out. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks for listening uh, to The Bitterest Pill. I know this is a short one, but um, I'm starting to get worried about the time. It takes me a long time to get from here to there, and I think I'm, I don't think I have to get my daughter, but there's just this lingering doubt, and I have nothing else to say, uh, really. You know what I mean? I pulled some weeds today. Yay. There you go. So uh, thank you for tuning in, so to speak, downloading. Um... This show is always made possible thanks to our patrons who uh, support the show via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dan Class. Patrons like Alex Mirabelli, Brahm Lasagna, Dan Kaikendo, Dave, Hall of Fame Jackson, David Chase and Gerard Cortez, Flores, Harold Goldner, Jay Savalstano, Jeff Short, Jim Cariotis, Megan, Mike Scott Hamilton, Peter Chase, Rob, New 80s Music, Uzen, Sean Othan, Sean Stewart, Tom Carroll, and Dr. Robert Rice. All right, hopefully I will talk to you again sooner rather than later. I feel like I owe you a, a, a half a show. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you listening. I didn't... Yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll talk about how, how badly I need to do this uh, later. All right. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to press stop now. Bye. Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's